2: Welcome to episode 71 of the Women's Running Workshop, and we're treating you to a bonus Workshop Pro episode just before Christmas. I'm your host, Esther Newman, and in this episode, Holly and I are on the receiving end of much wisdom from running coach Laura Fountain. Laura has worked with women's running for years. She writes a column every month for us, and she's the brains behind all of our training plans. If you've torn one of these out of the mag in the last few years, you have Laura to thank for making it to the start line. We have a chat with Laura this time because we want her expertise to make us better runners. First of all, we find out how she started her running journey, which is comparatively recently, and how she got into coaching. I want all her advice on setting up my own running group, and Holly wants to know how to join a group without feeling nervous about being at the back. We then ask her about our goals and how to achieve them. Holly wants to make the time to run more regularly and I want to know if I can run double A races in March. Spoiler, I can't. We're going to be running one workshop per month with a revolving door of coaches, nutritionists and health experts. So do please drop us a line on wrpodcast at anthem.co.uk with any questions you might have. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts. These reviews mean the world to us and really help us to keep this podcast going. And guess what? If you like this podcast, you'll love Women's Running Magazine. If you join Women's Running Plus right now, you'll get our fab magazine delivered to your door every month and you'll get a free base layer from Zero Fit worth £40. Just go to shop.com women's uk and enter x21wrpod at the checkout
3: right well hello to laura fountain is joining us today on the podcast which is very exciting hello laura hi hello um so laura is joining me and holly because we asked her to because she's amazing because she works with women's running and has done for um A very long time. How long have you worked with Women's Running for?
0: Um, Definitely four years, probably longer than that, because I know my son's four and I was writing when he was born. Not literally when he was born. (laughs) Um, She never
4: stops. That
0: would have been multitasking. (laughs) But yeah, from definitely four years ago. (laughs) Amazing.
3: Yeah, and you're you're part of the fabric of Women's Running because you've been writing a column ever since. and, And always since I've been on board. Um, yeah, so you've been sort of writing about your experiences as a as a running coach or as a parent. Um, but we wanted to get you in here specifically about the, the running coach thing because um, me and Holly need lots of guidance. And I've got some very specific questions I want to ask you about things that I've very rashly decided to take on next year. Um, so, yeah. But I, I mean, I think, first of all, to kind of introduce you, like to our lovely listeners um I wanted to ask you first of all how you got into coaching because you lead your own running group which is massive it looks like um so yeah how did you get into it and how did you build it up
0: so I started running as a complete beginner in 2008 um and got everything wrong uh just went out and ran as far as I could and then tried to run further, and soon got injured and I learned that was not the way to do it. so I was interested in learning the whole the whole time um, about the process of getting better at running um, and when i had I trained for my first marathon, and that was about eighteen months after I'd first started running um, and after that I'd kind of got many of my friends into running members of my family and had enjoyed encouraging them and helping them on their journey. And then I kind of ran out of people to encourage. So <laughs> I decided that I would start getting strangers to start running too. <laughs> and I'd I'd always wanted to go and join a running club when I was getting into it, but had that fear that a lot of people have of I'm I'm not a proper runner and that's for proper runners. Mm. And I So basically created the thing that I would have wanted as a beginner. I now know that lots of running clubs are very welcoming and can cater to beginners, but they don't necessarily do a good job from the outside of communicating that. Mm -hmm. So I started my running groups. I did the leadership in running fitness um, qualification with England Athletics, which is something that I now as a tutor, work with England Athletics to train other people to do. Um, mm. But I did that. 2013, I set up the first running group. And um, and it was for beginners, 0-5K, uh, specifically for women. And then when that first group got to the end of their 5K training and they did their first park run, um, I thought that would kind of be it. And they said, okay, so can we come back next week? What do we do now? And <sighs> I was a bit surprised by that and so I created an improvers group that after doing the 5k they would go into the improvers and I have some runners that have been running with me for at least five years in that group Um, and some kind of uh, go away and then come back and um, some people do the beginners several times if they fall out of the habit of running and then they Mm. come back Um, and that's something that I like to see as much as I don't like to see them fall out of of the habit of running. That they know that they can come back and do it again um, and get back into that.
4: Very me. <laughs> we we'll definitely Holly. do that.
0: Uh, <laughs> so how many That's people? That's amazing, you,
3: though. How many people have you got, got in your group at the moment?
0: Oh, so on a. On a typical session, we'd have up to about 12 because we still cap it. Obviously, there have been restrictions in the, in the past two years, but we'd either anything up to about 12. Um, pre COVID, we'd have at least, at least 20 on a Tuesday night. (sighs) Wow. Um, The beginners we cap at 24. Um, and we have two run leaders, um, doing that. So, and that kind of fills up every time that we launch a beginner's yeah. course. What's it like? I mean, cause I've just
3: done my leader in running fitness and um, I think the thing I'm, there's a couple of things I'm worried about. And one of them is like, I don't know, is is ensuring that everyone enjoys it when they're all like different, you know, it's all mixed ability and I'm, you know, I want to make sure that it's really inclusive, but also like, is the confidence thing is it is it hard? Is it hard to coach uh,
0: so I think a lot of people will be surprised when I say this, but I'm naturally very introverted as a person, and i That was a big hurdle for me to kind of stand up in front of a group. Actually, before that, the hurdle was standing outside the tube station to give people leaflets and say, do you want to come to this? That was excruciating for me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, But I now find that actually talking to a big group of women um, in the role of coach is easier for me than speaking to, um, like when I would go to a baby group, and talk to other mums there just mm. on this kind of same mm. footing, I find that so much harder to do. Um but I know that when I go and meet a new batch of beginners, I'm always nervous because it's you know twelve more people that I've never met before. Yeah. Um although sometimes because they come back there is a name that I go, oh look, I've I've yeah. known them from the past and that's a familiar, friendly face. But, yeah, I know that they're going to be more nervous than I am in turning Mm -hmm. up that first time. Mm -hmm. And it's almost not kind of automatic, but um, it's kind of something switches on and and I'm in a role rather than being just a person person. and so if you kind of maybe you could create a character for yourself, I see this on Strictly where the dancers are kind of creating a persona for certain dances because they're not really somebody that can do raunchy, um, dances. So maybe you could create a persona for yourself that you're going to go and, um, and coach. Not that it's not you, but kind of those attributes of somebody and, you know, how would Beyonce go and own that space? Yeah. I was literally just thinking about Beyonce.
3: <laughs> but in terms of running hall or just generally,
4: oh, just generally. Yeah. Well, no, I was thinking that she has she has Sasha Fierce, doesn't she? Who's her alter ego person, and that's what you need, I reckon, Esther.
3: You need a I, Sasha Fierce. I need a Sasha Fierce. Oh, jeez. Yeah,
4: that you for for your run coaching where right? <laughs> it is still you, but it's just the it's the most confident version of you.
3: God, I mean, it's terrifying, isn't it? Because I think it was, it was the bit of the course where I had to, because I had to do it online, most of it, but there was no, all of it actually. Um, And there was a bit of it where I had to coach. Well, in the end, my group that I coached was two people, one of whom I knew. And the other one was a very, very lovely woman with Dave filming me while I coached them to do like 10 minutes of exercise, essentially that was I mean that was up there with my driving test in terms of nerves it was terrifying I don't know why was it? yeah did you find that
0: yeah I did it, you know it was a long time ago for me now but um yeah it is when you have someone watching you 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 start to question everything don't you so um when I'm tutoring and we ask runners just to okay you're in a group of four one of you lead a warm-up and warm-up something that we do so you know well hopefully do all the time as as runners and um you you can you can do like okay walk now jog now do a little skip that's not that's not hard but as soon as somebody asks you to do it you start to think oh my god what is a warm-up what are they looking for but yeah you know you just wanted to get people moving um Get them warm. I, had,
3: I, I honestly, I had exactly that. I was asking them to do shoulder rolls, and as I did it, I just thought, "I've never done a bloody shoulder shoulder roll. I, I, why am I asking them to do that? It's just ridiculous." <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's all on tape now for everyone to see to judge me on. But yeah. um yeah, <laughs> anyway,
0: <laughs> I think a lot of um so after the leadership in running fitness, you go on to coaching running fitness, which is. Um, a lot more detailed and allows you to do different things but Mm. um basically I think there's there's two parts to good leading and coaching and one is like the knowledge of you know how you improve at running and how training works and the kind of the more sciencey bit but the other part of being a coach is being able to relate to people um because if you're if you don't have good interpersonal skills and you can't kind of empathise with a person and you can't understand the challenges that they might have and the barriers to getting out, then you can't be a good coach. Um, because if you're telling someone do this, this and this, but you don't understand how that might fit into their lifestyle and you can't explain to them why they need to be doing that or how to motivate them, then there's no point in you you telling them that
3: yeah yeah I get that so you already
0: Um, have a lot of the skills that you probably need to to be effective in that role but you don't recognize them
3: no I really don't (laughs) Um, yeah it's yeah it's going to be it's going to be an interesting little journey next year I think I haven't decided whether or not to do the coach and running fitness um, which is a four
0: four day thing Uh, you do three days of learning and one day of assessment uh, okay yeah
3: yeah so I might I might I don't know yet but um I'm just waiting for my DBS check to come back at the moment to tell me that I'm not a criminal and then I think I can go ahead it's always so so illogically scary that isn't it oh no. god it's, it's, it's like driving and you go past a police car and you immediately just think Oh, God, what's wrong with yeah, my car? I always think a it's me. Yeah, it's <laughs> me. Oh, <God. laughs> um, So, um, well, I, I had some questions specifically about my training. Is it all right if I just fling it at you, yes. Laura? Is that okay? Yes. And I know that Holly's got some as well. Um, yeah. Because yeah, we've both got different, well, goals, I guess, for next year. Um, but I'm like sometimes oh, – I don't know. Even after our, after our last chat, I'm I'm so unsure about whether to even wrap them up as goals because it feels like too much of a I don't know a, a, a kind of stick to beat myself with. You say Yeah,
4: we kind of laid out times for our, for ourselves for half marathons that we're doing in March, yeah. and then and we we talked about it on the pod and we got some advice about training and, and how we could try and achieve those times. But then we kind of went away and spoke about it afterwards and we were like, why are we aiming for <laughs> yeah. those? Is it because we actually want to achieve those times or is it just because we feel like that's the next thing that we should do when in fact running is the joy in itself kind of thing?
3: Yeah, it is. That's that, not to
4: it... undo anything or the lovely things that Tina told us to do. No, 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 but...
3: no, not at all. But I guess it's it's also because I know that there is no way that I can run any race at all without having in big neon kind of numbers behind me, That's my best time for any of those mm. races. I've always got it. So it's like even, you know, when I did that relish running thing, which goes under two tunnels and it was a 10K, it was just a 10K. Um, but I really, really bombed it. I really pushed myself. So it was a really uncomfortable run for me and I got a PB. However, because it goes through two tunnels, my Garmin didn't connect, so it oh. just—you know—classic. So it says so on Garmin and Strava, it says that I did nine point nine or something, but I didn't. I did ten, and I got PB. But for me, in my head, it doesn't count because it doesn't say ten. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so it's like rubbish. Oh, that's like that. So irritating. So irritating. Um, we've talked about that before, though, haven't we? Um, but we yeah, okay. So about those tunnels for that reason, <laughs> totally. Um, but my kind of my question, which is different from that, really, although it might be worth talking about that. But my, my question is, so it looks like I'm going to be doing two half marathons, not back to back, but within about three weeks of each other in March and April. And so I'm, I'm happy with the kind of, you know, training for the first one. That's fine. Um, but what do I do? in that bit between how do I recover from the first one and prepare for the next one properly
0: so the the question is what is your aim for the two races because you're not going to pb in both of them um so if you are looking to run a goal time then you have to focus on one or the other now you don't have to set that in stone so, if your training say got delayed over the Christmas period or you were got cold or something you weren't able to get out, you could shift the focus from the first one to the second one, and oh, yeah. it's absolutely fine because I know that you know you've done this level of running before. you could do a thirteen the first one as a training run, and then mm-hmm. you'd have a nice little taper to do the second one as a as a strong race effort also depending on what the what the weather and stuff is looking like on the day I trained for a half marathon uh back in 2019 and we stood at the start line and the race was cancelled while we <gasps> still at the start because of problems what? on the course yeah no um, it was the great eastern run which is my hometown's half marathon and it's a brilliant race but they had to make that call so last minute um to say we're sorry we can't ensure your safety on the course and everybody kind of had to oh, go oh, home.
4: Anti-climactic,
0: and I it? was ready to run a PB um so I ran home and made it a long run um ran disappointed but ran home and then found another race and that ended up being two or three weeks later mm. so Obviously, a million things could happen. We all know, so it's great that you, because half marathon distance, you've got two in the in the diary. So see how your training goes. Make one of them your goal race, depending on um, how the training goes. But also, uh, maybe what the courses are like is one more suited to a PB attempt than the other. And then I would say either that three weeks in between is a taper or a recovery, because you could be like everything's grey. I'm peaking for the first one, go and run it. Um, If it goes well, then use the second one just as a a fun celebration of running. Just recover as you would after a half marathon and then um, build up just a little bit. You don't need to be back up to like 10 miles before you do the second one because you've still got that endurance. It's not going to have gone anywhere. You just will have lost a little bit of the speed. So just make sure you recover um, build up a little bit even if it's just six seven miles as a long run and then do the second one for fun
3: which is what I might do actually and I think that's a really good point because the second one um is in Berlin and I've never been to Germany before and actually I'd quite like to just i I just want to kind of um appreciate the experience so I think that although it is an incredibly flat course so it is a bit either or so I'm a bit like oh um yeah but then it'd be much I think it'd be easier for me to get a PB on the first one just because I know the course so well so I know where the kind of mile markers are and I you know it's easier for me to pace myself I think it's it's really difficult to pay. I mean, even if you're equipped with wearable tech, I think it's very difficult to pace yourself if you don't know the course. Um, yeah, because it just all feels so, it just feels so different. So what technically, what's the difference between recovery and taper in those? Or like, what am I going to be doing differently if I'm recovering?
0: So the the recovery would kind of, if you had a little graph, they'd be opposite slants so um after a race if we're going for recovery your mileage would drop right back down and then kind of build up gradually towards the race whereas the you'd get a downward slope um after your first race if you were going for it being more of a taper Mm -hmm.
4: um never knew
1: that yeah yeah. Yeah. so (laughs)
0: that first week if you were recovery for me a good recovery week um is minimal running so I might go out for 20 minutes uh on a Tuesday see how my legs are feeling maybe do 5k and then a bit more at the weekend but that first week even if you did nothing that first week that is absolutely fine maybe some swimming or something and then Mm. build back up um but Gradually adding a bit more. So the second week might be, depending on what level you're at and how your legs are feeling, you might do um, two or three midweek runs if that's what you're used to. But again, keeping them easy, n- not really doing any speed work, um, and just extending that long run at the weekend a bit more as well. Yeah. Whereas if you're tapering, you'd have done 13 miles as a long run, then you could come down to, say, 10, uh, then Maybe eight, and then you've got the race week. And then, and what else am I doing,
3: like, to recover? Like, because I I find that endlessly fascinating. Because it's just it's one word, recovery, and yeah, obviously, if you speak to a nutritionist, it means one thing. If you speak to kind of, you know, a run coach, it means something. And it's just kind of, it it strikes me as something that I've never done particularly well. Um, And I'm, I feel like I'm told off quite a lot by Garmin when I haven't done it and then it seems to kind of like be like really kind to me when basically I've missed loads of what I think of is important training and it's like yeah well done it's like honestly I've just been sitting around all day so (laughs) (laughs) what what other parts of of recovery are there along with like not running quite so much
0: yeah so eating well sleeping well they're gonna be more important really than the running you're doing and the i think i have more of a hard time getting people to do less running um than more in that recovery mm. week I, I to me if someone says oh i didn't do anything that's not a problem whereas if they say oh, i went out on monday for a recovery run I'm like no don't be doing that um i don't like the term recovery run if you're doing it the day after a race because it's an oxymoron to me um I know a lot of runners like to do that I don't think there's any training benefit to doing that um they they want to loosen their legs up that's fine walking around will do that too so just just if you're going to take any day off please take that Monday after your race <laughs> off
3: <laughs> I promise I will scouts honor. <laughs> yeah i'm over here like who
4: does that i know for a run the day after i like to lie in the bath for a full day (laughs) (laughs) also probably not what i should be doing either but
0: (laughs) i think social media makes people make choices about their training that aren't necessarily Mm. the wisest yeah Yeah, I think
4: there is definitely a bit of an element to that I think when you've when you've seen such exciting numbers on your Strava and in terms of like your mileage that week or whatever and you think everybody's kind of looking at you for Mm. that then I think it is quite difficult to just suddenly drop it down
3: I love that thing you know that Anna Harding was saying a couple of weeks ago and she was saying that she turned her Garmin off and turned her Strava well restarted reset reset both Garmin and Strava so she wasn't kind of comparing herself to something that was unachievable after injury and it's like oh that's really good it would be lovely if both of those things had a sort of thing or maybe they do I'm not sure had a thing where you could press a little button and go I've had an injury can you just kind of ignore some of
4: my stuff I just I just haven't been been using it I think ever since I got um because I would reluctantly use it kind Mm. of after lockdown but because I had the same thing as Anna Harding where I I was like I don't want to be comparing myself when I know I'm going to be slower it's just gonna make me miserable um but I yeah I kind of was reluctantly using it a bit when I got back into running after lockdown but now I've got a watch I don't use it at all, and I
3: love it. You just use the watch, not Strava. You haven't linked the watch to Strava. No, it's got its own app. Ah.
4: So no one can, No one needs
3: to know, apart from me, and I love it. Yeah, No, my Garmin is linked to Strava, so as soon as I've run, oh, really, yeah, it's a bit like it's a bit like you know when I got a new phone a month ago. And I didn't realize if I posted to Instagram, it would also post to Facebook at the same time. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Who are these Facebook people that I've not spoken to for ages? It was horrible. I'm sure I
4: could. I can probably link mine up to
3: Strava, but I don't feel a desire to. to. Yeah. And you don't have any followers on that particular app.
4: No, it's me and presumably the tech people at Polar who are laughing at me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I do sometimes get that feeling. Oh my God. Yeah. So uh, I mean, oh, she's had a
4: go again. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: Bless her. Bless yeah. her. Hole, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what did you want to ask Laura? What have you got?
4: Well, I wanted to ask, I mean, you've kind of slightly touched it already, but I'd love to talk about it a bit more. That. I feel like so my new year's resolution is to get out three times a week, even if they're not my most amazing runs, even if it's rubbish weather, just to get out three times a week. Um, And I know that in order to do that, I'm going to need encouragement from the people around me. Um, But I, I do find that I get really caught up in worrying about being slower, because I'm a bit slower than Esther. My kind of running buddy that I usually run with. We used to match each other quite well, but now she's definitely faster than I am. And with a run club as well, I, I just get nervous about joining something where I might be it's it's actually even it's less about my own hang ups and more just about the fact that is that good for my training? I feel like trying to match pace with people that I can't is probably not a good idea but i'm not quite sure what i should be what i should be doing instead is it good to be pushing myself and running with people that are a bit faster than me or is that a no no
0: it is um and i find that the when the runners come to my sessions and they'll say to each other oh thanks for that because i was trying to keep up with you and uh, that really kept me going and often they'll say oh i thought you i was keeping up with you and they've kind of encouraged each other to go a bit faster in that session but <coughs> um not every session so as they would come to me once a week maybe and then do their own thing at the weekend you should be training with someone faster maybe once a week doing and making sure you have one easy run on your own but there's way that you can adapt that so when I do sessions in the park obviously I've got to adapt it and make it accessible to all different speeds of runners so you could do if you're doing a, a longer run with a, a friend, they could do little loop backs. So they run, and every kind of two minutes, they loop back, catch you, catch up with you, and then you yeah. carry on. Um, or you could be doing an interval session together in the park, and you're you're both doing a small circuit, and you'll take your recovery together. Um, but you'll be doing different speeds during your efforts. Okay,
4: actually, yeah, I think that makes sense. I think because I think it's also reassuring to hear that, of course, you do this, but I wouldn't think about this being on the other end of it. But that as a coach, you do think about the fact that people are going to have different kind of levels and pacing because that's one of my big fears. I'd love to do a run club once a week, say, but I'm nervous that I will turn up and. I'll just hold the group back or they'll honestly just be like, where did she go? And I'll be uh, several miles behind or, but it, you know, that's good to hear that, 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 that probably wouldn't be the case. Right. No,
0: and, um, <laughs> My, my job is a coach. I stand still as much as possible because I can see what's going on a lot better if I am stood still seeing everyone go past and doing you know up and down the hill or Mm. um, round a small circuit and I can check in with every person see what they're doing much easier than if I was running alongside where I can only really see one person I can't really see what's going I just see their head and shoulders really Um, so we do we do small loops or up and down a hill so everyone everyone worries about being the one at the back but if you're doing loops um you're only at the back for like the first one and then everybody you know it's where does the circle start and end so (laughs) everyone has that fear you might not be the slowest one but even if you are don't worry about it um you're all there trying to improve or trying to enjoy the run and push yourselves and it and it really doesn't matter and there's a lot of um support from the runners between themselves and the people at the front don't care about what the people at the back are doing in terms of speed they're all just there for a for a good run I think it's easier for me as a coach to keep everyone together in that kind of um, structured session than it is on kind of a continuous run so towards the end of the 0 to 5k course once everybody's running continuously for like 30 minutes they do naturally spread out um Mm -hmm. so we I have a route that's lots of different loops around the um around the park and I can do little shortcuts in between and also I get the runners to do little shortcuts with me to kind of keep that bunch um a bit smaller Mm -hmm. so email email the clubs or groups that you're interested in and say hey this is this is me. This is what my running's like. Can you give me an idea of what your sessions are, what are the speeds of runners that you have come in and what sort of things they're training towards?
3: I joined a running group and it was a long time ago now, um maybe 15 years ago, and I remember the absolute fear of joining it and 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 being terrified of being at the back um, or forgotten about. And and I also remember that what they did which is not something that i'm intending to do at all <laughs> is that they had like um they had a speed test on the very first session where you oh had, my god it was awful you had to run around a small circuit and go around as f- far as you could within a set time so i think we were given <clears throat> i don't know something like 6 minutes or something and you just had to run basically as fast as you could for 6 minutes And then, wherever you stopped at that point, they could then separate us all out into the kind of ability groups. And I still remember that now uh, about how terrifying that was to do. And I did it because it was the first group Mm. and I wasn't expecting it. Um, But I definitely, I definitely pushed my. You know, it felt really weird to me because I just thought, well, I'm not going to run this when we do like a 5k later on. I'm not going to be running at this speed.
4: Yeah, you're going to leg it, aren't you? Because you're <clears throat> you're under pressure, and then you're not going to be in the right group because it
3: was, it was just terrible. Show off, yeah, uh, yeah,
4: and then not be running
3: my normal pace. Not, and I always think, like, if I'm if I'm going to be running a run group like all, all I think about in my head is trying to encourage people that have never run or, you know, beginning to run right from the start. But also I have a little worry from a sort of, from a run leader perspective, which is what if there are really, really good runners there? <laughs> what do I do with them?
0: <laughs> do you have that? Oh, well, I think that, well, you know, my running group is called Lazy Girl Running. It is clearly signposted as though we are for beginner runners and then kind of people that are not really taking it too seriously. We, Mm. you know, obviously are pushing ourselves. Um, Some of them are trading for marathons. Um, Some of them do get quite speedy, but essentially I think the name keeps you know it's it's Uh, it's very different from clubs and there's plenty of clubs around here that if you're a speedier runner you can go to I do kind of signpost people once they've been running me for a while and say hey you know you you would easily fit into any of these clubs um Mm. sometimes they check them out sometimes they decide they they want to stay with me but um i have never worried because I'm stood still. I'm never worried that people are going to be loads faster than me, and yeah. I'm not going to be able to kind of keep them in earshot. Um, I have gone out on my bike when I've been injured, but that's mainly for us to get from our start location to do two different places. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: that's amazing because that actually goes back to our last podcast, something when we were talking about like what we're going to call the running group. And, yeah, and makes me think. Right, okay, I'll um, I'll I'll pull back on on using the word harriers in the title then. And oh yeah, pretend, you know,
4: <laughs> I think Huns who run for fun is still the way.
3: <laughs> I, I I'm still concerned about whether I'll have to speak German if we do that.
4: <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Sorry, I forgot.
3: I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Huns who run for but fun. But
4: something about fu- something about um. Yeah, like lazy girl running, such a lovely name. It's It's so yeah. It's so inclusive. It's fun. It makes you feel like like I'd I'd always feel welcome in a as a self-proclaimed lazy girl.
3: Yeah, I just I'm I'm worried about using something like like that. It does. I I worry about using like uh, the word fun in the title only because yeah.
4: Let's not actually use the word
3: fun in the title. Well, I did. I (laughs) one of my like little shortlists was using the word fun, and I just thought actually no because it 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 invariably isn't so it's a misnomer and i mean it feels lovely afterwards but i'm just saying that in the duration you're you're not it's not like having a pint and a bag of crisps and watching a comedy show is it and then the Mm. other the other thing is that what my concept of fun run fun run is is something that my dad used to do in the early 80s where he would probably dress up as a woman and push a pram with someone else in it and they would run 2k around the park for charity. I don't know why they always had to dress up as a woman. Uh, oh, there you go. Or a baby. I think it was always a grown man dressed as a baby. Um, what? I can't believe this image uh, right now. Can you not? Oh, this, this is what my No. Oh, fun runs aren't what is they used to like be. It's like
4: the... Is, yeah, I did not realise a fun run involved <laughs> things like this. I thought it just meant, oh, it's only 2K, so it might be a bit more fun.
3: No, it requires fancy dress. And I'm sure it's still <laughs> true now. So if you oh, ever have... that I'd love enter- to get involved. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I tell you what there are. There are a load of Christmas runs coming up where lots of people get dressed up, not necessarily as babies, um, but I think, yeah. They, yeah, so we could do that. That's proper fun.
4: Yeah, I'm up for a, a, a dressed up Christmas run. Or You've got some interesting socks and shoes to...
3: Well, actually, Laura's seen those on Insta, So because I know that you've got a pair as well, haven't you, Laura? I have, <laughs> have the, you? the
0: green the green ones from a few years back. Um and they come out every year for Christmas Day Park Run and maybe a couple of runs either side. But they're going to, you know, they're going to take a while to get to that 500 mile before they <laughs> yeah. get yeah, it's packed not... off to a new home. Yeah,
3: it's, it's a, they're a lovely pair of shoes. And it's just like, I can't, I, I honestly can't see myself wearing these in August. But, um, but yeah, I am. I, and I haven't even broken them out yet. But I think next week all of my running next week is going to have to be my little elf brooks <laughs> yeah do with, they have with...
0: bells on the laces i don't think they oh, do, I don't think they do. <laughs> that would be so Mine extra had little tiny bells like cats wear <laughs> oh.
1: like tied
0: into the laces which i did take them off actually because it was yeah. a bit annoying Oh, my God. Oh, that really
4: is just screaming at people that you are a Christmas runner when <laughs> yeah. you walk past, isn't it? Yeah. Oh,
3: my God. I tell you what, it does set us apart from the New Year's Day runners who, you know, everyone should run and we should encourage all people to run. But, you know, being a seasoned runner, if there is a part of me that it, when I do go running on New Year's <sighs> Day, I don't want someone to say, oh, look at her, going for her first ever oh. run. Mm. Yeah. But if I've got Christmas trainers on, on New Year's Day, people are like, yeah, right, okay, fair enough. She's seasoned enough to have a pair of Christmas yeah. trainers.
0: Which <laughs> she's been out once
3: before.
4: <laughs> she's been out once before, yeah. yeah. She went out on <laughs> Christmas Eve, but <and> now she's <laughs> trying to make it look like she's a seasoned runner and she always does this, yeah.
3: Oh, crap. It doesn't work either way, does it? <laughs> <laughs> um. So, like, what well, what advice do you have for me then as, as a new, as a new run leader, not a coach, because I'm not, but as a new run leader, like, how, how do you keep on encouraging the the newbies? I mean, and how do you get rid of that kind of, that concern about confidence? You know, you see, so you must have so many people that turn up that are just really, really nervy about setting off in the first place how do you kind of keep a group together how do you keep on motivating them what should I do
0: the the best thing you have at your disposal is the other runners so if you can get them to connect with each other they'll do a lot of the work for you so if you can um, initiate kind of any kind of conversations and do that initial ice breaking for them Um, and try and get them because you might be seeing them once a week but if you can get them to meet up with each other um, another time during the week then that kind of helps keep them going and if one of them so I set up a whatsapp group for my beginners every time so they can kind of share or oh has anyone out been out for a run today it's really really cold and miserable I'm going to go in half and then they kind of encourage each other to get out there or they see the others have done their training that week and then they go okay well I'll go um, and also to come back to sessions if 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 somebody says oh I missed last week I'm not sure about coming to the group this week and others will say oh don't worry I haven't done my training I'm still gonna go I'll go if you go so Forging those kind of connections is um, is important, and that'll do a lot of the lot of the work for you. We do things like if they're really quiet when we're running, I'll play the alphabet game, and I'll say, "Okay, we're gonna do A to Z through um, bands," and I'll go, "Okay, I'll start with Abba," and then someone else shouts out blur and we go all the way through, and then before they know it, they've been running for five minutes, but also. Found out a bit about my terrible taste in music, and <laughs> just get some talking.
4: That. That's a brilliant idea. I'd love to do that while I ran. Some kind of like I, I we've talked lots on the pod before about doing lots of kind of little mind games in our own brains, mm. but actually playing a little game with the people you're running with would be amazing.
3: Yeah, I think that's some, yeah. that is really cool because that is something that I wanted to. I mean, I know I've kind of asked that question, but I'm. Uh, from a slightly different angle, because I mean, this this podcast is going to come out just before Christmas, so there are going to be, um, I mean, there's going to be lots of people. I hope that have listened to the podcast before, but also um, I imagine there might be some people that are picking up on this just before they've, well, you know, if they've if they've never run before and they're sort of maybe considering it and considering taking it up in January, um, and like you know, a running group obviously is a really great place to start. Um, but I was wondering if you had any specific tips for people that were like literally just thinking about running to the end of the road and back
0: yep I've I've been there Um, and I think particularly my beginners don't necessarily you know they see me in this coach role um, and just assume that you've always run and you find it really easy so I try to tell from my story of you know I have a notebook where I wrote down the first run I did, which was 1.14 kilometres, and it took me 14 minutes, which in anyone's standard is not fast or probably far. Um, But I kind of worked up to there and, you know, run multiple marathons and ultra-marathons. So don't worry about where you're starting from. And I think Holly's goal of getting out three times a week is a great one um, to not put the pressure on how fast or how far you go, but just making it a habit. And it's building that consistency that's going to help you improve. Um, so that, you know, three lots of 20 minutes throughout the week is going to be better for you than doing 60 minutes on the weekend and then nothing for the rest of the week. Because, particularly at the at the beginning, you're going to experience aches and pains. Um, some of them are just going to be normal muscle soreness if you are not used to doing this sort of exercise. Um, there are obviously some that you need to take a bit more, pay more attention to. But getting out a few times a week, even if it means you're walking um, and gradually there's a bit more running in that, just getting out in the fresh air and building that habit so that you know that tuesday thursday saturday you've got that space in your diary and it is often making that space that you know one of the barriers is not having enough time and we all have different responsibilities um and commitments in our life but if you can carve out that time regularly and know that okay on this day at this time that's my time to get out that's mm. a big um hurdle that you've overcome.
3: I think, well, yeah, I, that's really sensible sage advice. Yeah, I, I love that. You know, pe- people are thinking about it, but I know there are so many barriers and, and for women especially to kind of, you know, take those first steps. And, like, there are so many of us who had really rubbish experiences at school with PE and stuff like that. And, um, and there's a kind of competitive edge that, that uh, like, for me – that, that dissuaded me from doing stuff on my own because of that kind of, you know, the way that team sports were arranged and and, and sort of sorted out when you're in secondary school. Um, and always thinking of myself as where I where I came in the pecking order with those sports, you know, because yeah. I, I would always be picked last. And, and I was pretty, and I could see why. And it's fair enough to the people that were choosing because I was rubbish. Um, and it's kind of, it's... it's it 's kind of reframing that mindset so that you know that you know that slowness that that not being a fast runner being being a kind of a, a slow plodder is like is a great thing to be because you know you can use that you could you know endure when you 're an endurance runner you run slower anyway, so it's kind of it's about mm. being on your feet for a length of time isn't it not necessarily the distance that you cover while you 're on there
0: I think from the um you know not just the being self-conscious about your speed when you're out in the park say i think if you're starting to run you're using a run walk program and you might feel a bit embarrassed that you're you know you're around these other runners in the park and you are stopping and doing your walk break and then starting again um but you know Runners use that, no matter what level they're at, runners use intervals um, in their training. So I might be out doing two-minute reps, um, running fast for two minutes, then either walking or slow jogging. So runners know that as a concept um, at all levels. So if you are doing like Couch to 5K, don't be worried about taking that walk break that other people are looking at you mm-hmm. and thinking, "Ah, oh, look, they've had to stop because we all have to stop um when we're training for different different reasons and back to what holly was saying about when you run with a faster friend that faster friend will have to be doing um easy runs in their week so it might be an effort for you but if you can tie it up with their easy run a lot of runners struggle to go slow enough on their easy runs and you'll be doing them a favor by getting mm. them to slow down to your pace
4: I'm gonna say that from now on. Next time I go running with my friend Lex, who's much faster, I'm gonna go, I'm doing you a favour, mate.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true I I keep on seeing amazing stats from women who have slowed down their long run and it's meant that they've run a faster PB when they've got to race day. So there's all that kind of, you know, the zone two training thing, which I still haven't quite got my head around. It's very clever. But um
0: but so in when the in you the, look at the- if you look at the pros and the speed at which they're doing their long runs versus their um, their their races, I think I think it, when Charlene Flanagan won New York Marathon, she on Instagram posted a picture of her training diary, and it wasn't labelled up. That obviously she'd kind of wrote it in her terms, but looking at it, her marathon pace was five minutes per mile, something like that um Mm. but her long run pace working it out was eight or more which eight most of us seems pretty speedy for doing a a 22 mile run Mm. but compared if we compare it to the speed of her race that's that's a relative um Mm. increase of more than any of us could dream of um Mm. so trusting in the fact that um that kind of slowing down does work and and if you we often look to emulate what the pros are doing um, and get that muddled up by doing too much in terms of um, too many runs during the week or running too fast on our uh, uh, intervals or running too much volume or our longest run um, when really what we should be replicating is the the easiness and the kind of balance that
3: they have i i i tried to do i did a long run at the weekend and it shocked me right okay this comes across as being the most big-headed thing but it's not i i shocked me how fast (laughs) i did it because i i realized because i had tina's words ringing in my ears i realized that i should have been doing it a whole minute per mile slower Mm. than that but it's just because i felt good running it and she i remember her even saying don't be tempted even if you feel good to run it faster and so at the end of that, I was kind of, you know, I did it and everything, but I wish yeah. I'd run it slower.
4: I guess you can always, always regret not running something slower. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit not it, But right? you can't <laughs> regret not running something. I'll work on that. But I yeah. think there's a kind of a parable <laughs> in there.
0: There <laughs> is, there is a, you oh, know, like don't, don't run your race on a training run. You know, you don't want to have your marathon In you know three weeks before the race, and obviously not running that distance, but you don't want to have your best run there. You want to have your best run on race day, and you Mm. can mess that up by going too fast on that. You know, twenty mile run. If you're doing in the in a race condition, like you're doing a a twenty mile race, you could definitely overdo it there. So,
3: um, what I wanted to ask as well, so just to kind of wrap it up, really, was I want to find out, um. What you're doing, Laura, what, what, um, like, because me and Hole know what we're doing. We've got it staring mm-hmm. us in the face now, well, for, at least for the first quarter of the year. What are your plans with your running?
0: Oh, God, if I say it out loud, it's kind of having to hold myself yeah. in now, isn't it? We uh, think <laughs> that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, in terms of, um, well, looking back on this year, I've kind of had this injury with my knee, which kind of, went away and then came back again and now i'm back to pretty much running fingers crossed um regularly and normally but so i have a place in manchester marathon rolled over from this year which i wasn't able to do um so i'll be there and i'm coaching a lot of runners that will be there too um so i'm hoping to run that but in recent years i've been chasing um Times in the marathon, um, and I was chasing training for uh, qualifying for Boston, and then I did that. And now, <clears> recently, <throat> I've been like trying to get back to that. And I think that I'm going to run Manchester, but I don't think that's going to be my goal. Um, but I'm going to be 40 next year, and I do need a goal. And so, as much as I never thought I would say it, I think I might return to running an ultra. <sighs> because oh my god I'm, I'm enjoying running on the trails and i think that's better for my um slightly aging body um and the various ailments that it, that it picks up so and i just enjoy it so i want to do more trail running um mm. not be too concerned about the speed um and maybe aim for something a bit longer than 26 miles
3: (gasps) well I'm not I'm not going to press you any further I think that's that's enough (laughs) of a goal it's enough of a goal Mm -hmm. oh my goodness and ultra I must admit it is still a dream for me I don't know when but Jesus I tell you what it might be when I turn 50
0: 50K for 50 years. That has a ring to it. Oh, it does, doesn't
3: it? That would yeah. be so cool. Yeah, because it's unfortunately it's not that far away. But um,
4: yeah, it would give me enough You're not that go. far away from smashing 50K, I
3: reckon. Uh, yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice way to say that i'm not far away from smashing 50 years which is a slightly scarier concept i think in in many many ways but wasn't there was a thing isn't there um god was it an email from you laura i can't remember it was a thing about the the nine it was wasn't it the
0: nine ender phenomenon yeah Yeah. Uh, about the amount of people that achieve a goal um in the ninth year of a decade, compared to the first year of a decade, um, and how it seems to have some massive motivational effect to do something before a big zero birthday, and, and uh, yeah, the stats around race finishes and and times stacks up with this. Yeah. Oh, there you go.
3: Yeah. So I I could do that because I think before my fortieth birthday, I had a child and got married in that year so I was definitely goal driven but in, in some other kind of uh, level um so this would be a whole other thing um but I was gonna say I won't hold you to that ultra Laura but um I I will definitely watch the space
0: yeah the, the good thing is that the race that I am mine up also has a marathon distance and a slightly shorter one all running as part of the same event so um there's my a b and c goals.
3: <sighs> cool, love it. What's your seagull hole? Not Stephen's seagull. My seagull. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I,
4: oh, so a a is? Am I tell me which order I do this in? Is a the one that's a bit more difficult, or is a the one that's like I want to achieve that you know base level? A C is, is, the, base
0: level. is a is like shooting for the stars. Okay, B is okay. getting to the moon.
4: Okay so C goal getting to the start line of our half marathon honestly just feeling who knows what's going to happen with everything that's going on and so mm-hmm. just being there and having done some training I'll feel really excited about B goal is to run like three training runs a week from January as I start to ramp up towards that that day mm-hmm. like knowing I've got that under my belt A goal sub two and a half
3: hours love it love it, so it such what's confidence. yours uh oh god okay right well i know a goal is to do sub two mm-hmm. uh for the bath half probably after having spoken to you laura i think um and not for berlin because it's just it's just it's going to be foreign to me on many levels so i think i should just be a tourist in in that one and a and b so a would be a would be to get round comfortably, both of them, and to not feel upset afterwards, I think, mm-hmm. um, because I felt upset after my last two half marathons, no matter what time I got, just because of something I feel like I failed to do. So I just want to finish and feel all right. Um, B goal would be to, oh, maybe maybe I'll split those two out. So A, A would be to finish. B would be to finish happy, I think. Mm-hmm and C would be to finish fast. So, cool. yeah. Does that work? I think that works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. Thank you so much for joining us, Laura. That was just so, so helpful for on many, yeah, many levels. so interesting. No problem. Yeah. And I think you've started off my career as a leader in running fitness really well. I'm going to steal <laughs> so many ideas from your Instagram. So, <laughs> sorry
0: about that.
4: <laughs> I think I'm going to join a run club now I'm feeling more confident about it
0: you can join Esther's join mine yeah we have yeah. said
4: that I'm nervous yeah. Esther's
3: friends are going to be too cool and fast uh, I, uh, no how's that going to work I don't, I, <laughs> I don't know people that are cool and fast and I'm not cool and fast so please join me <laughs> I will oh great um, thank you so much Laura it was lovely talking to you
0: thank you bye bye thank you bye Laura
2: Thank you for listening. Do please email us at wrpodcast at anthem.co.uk with any questions or any running stories as we'd love to include them in a future podcast. This podcast was recorded using Zencaster. The editor and composer was David Newman. Please hit like and subscribe that way you won't miss the next episode. If you become a member of Women's Running Plus right now, not only will you receive our brilliant magazine every month, but we'll also send you a free base layer from Zero Fit worth £40. Just go to shop.women'srunning.co.uk and enter X21 WR Pod at the checkout. Happy running!